Alberta's Influenza Immunization Program begins October 20th. Influenza immunization will be available, free of charge, to all Albertans six months of age and older. Immunization is offered at hundreds of AHS influenza immunization clinics, as well as some pharmacy and physician offices. Visit www.ahs.ca backslash influenza or download the free AHS mobile app to look up your local clinic and learn more about influenza. This is David Veach and you're listening to Passion for Health. This is your opportunity to hear from Alberta Health Services physicians and other healthcare providers, researchers, policymakers, community partners, and patients. To hear their stories and insights about what's happening to improve Albertans' confidence and satisfaction in their healthcare system. Last February, the Supreme Court of Canada overturned a ban on physician-assisted death and gave federal and provincial governments 12 months to craft legislation to respond to the ruling. Right now, there are more questions and answers about the ruling, both inside and outside of the health system. Today, I'm speaking to Dr. Jim Silvius, Medical Director for Seniors within Community Seniors Addiction and Mental Health with Alberta Health Services. I will ask him what we know, what we don't know, and what this landmark decision might mean to Albertans and their health system. Hi Jim, let's start with this. What does physician-assisted death entail? Physician-assisted death describes the situation where a physician provides or administers medication that intentionally brings about the patient's death at the request of the patient. It is a term that we are using to encompass two situations, one of which is physician-assisted suicide, where a physician may counsel and provide the means to an individual but not actually administer an agent, and euthanasia, where a physician administers the medication directly to the patient. Can you you mention counsel? What would that involve? Counsel means a discussion that leads to a decision around physician-assisted suicide. In other words, if you were to come to me and say you're having uh, questions around whether or not physician-assisted death was appropriate for you, I would engage in a discussion with you around what that means and potentially what your options are and whether or not there are alternatives that would be appropriate to you. But ultimately, I would be recommending to you that you undertake or you proceed with physician-assisted death. That would be counseling for physician-assisted death. And I think it's important to note right off the bat that that is currently illegal. Mm -hmm. When it becomes legal and there is that counseling, Who's involved in that counseling? Is that a has to be a one-on-one thing with the patient, or would family members, other loved ones, be involved? So that is a question we don't know an answer to. At this point, what the Supreme Court ruling has done is it has, as of February 6, 2016, allowed an individual to have a discussion with a physician or or physicians around the topic. Whether or not family are involved in those discussions is entirely up to the, to the individual. And so there are going to be situations we foresee where they will be involved and other situations where they may not be involved. And one of the challenges is that the court decision does not compel a patient to have um, notified their family or provided any information to their family that they are looking at doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, The ban on physician-assisted death remains in effect until next February. If there is not provincial or federal legislation passed by then, 
which seems likely, correct? Correct. What happens? So we, our understanding is there will not be legislation at either federal or provincial level. There are some options, and, and the federal government is being encouraged to apply for a further stay on the ruling. The time duration of that is unknown, but if they are able to do that, it will give them an opportunity to further consult with Canadians, which we understand they are intent on doing, to give them time to craft legislation that will meet the needs of Canadians across the country. Alberta has also indicated a desire for further consultation, meaning that any legislation that comes forward would certainly not be available by February 6, 2016. The issue that that raises for us is that we then have a legislative void. And so we are, as AHS, attempting to define what the obligations, responsibilities, and desires are of both patients and providers in this discussion after February 6, 2016. In other words, uh, the individual who requests physician-assisted death will have a right to do so after February 6th unless there's a further stay. And we need to understand as AHS and as providers within AHS what that means for us, how we would respond, and what would need to be put in place to allow an individual to exercise that right if it turns out that that is, in fact, the best or only option for them. Absolutely. Now, if there is a stay, however, the ban remains in effect. That is correct. Okay. Now, I don't like hyperbole, but in this case, calling this a landmark decision with far-reaching implications seems pretty fair. Do you agree? I've been in healthcare for most of my adult life, and I don't remember another decision that would have similar implications other than the abortion issue when it was, when the ruling first arrived. So this is probably one of the most emotive issues that I've ever been involved with addressing. There are very firmly held opinions on both sides of the question as to whether or not this should be legal and available or whether it should not be legal and available, and there are a host of opinions in between. It has led to some interesting debates so far, and the members of the groups that are working on this work to a great extent have had to park their own personal opinions in order to get this very important work done for Albertans. We are aware, however, and have deliberately sought out individuals with contrary views on the issue to ensure that as we move forward with the work we're doing, we are capturing all of the viewpoints that are out there around this issue. And the challenge is going to be walking between them given the disparate views and the very firmly held views that people have. Now, normally I would ask about what would be the reaction from the medical community, but I bet that the, you know, as as a segment of the population, it is as varied as the population itself. It entirely mirrors what we're seeing within the population. That's exactly right. The difference, however, for physicians is that they will be the actor in this situation, and therefore there are very strong opinions that are held on the part of physicians because at the end of the day, Patients coming to them may be coming with the expectation that they will be willing to provide, irrespective of their own personal opinion on the matter. Yeah. Now, but my understanding is the court says doctors won't be compelled to help patients end their lives. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. And one of the issues that we need to address is how we respect the rights of individuals requesting physician-assisted death and equally respect the rights and the 
preferences and the desires and the opinions of providers in terms of whether or not they would be willing to participate in providing physician-assisted death. You Has Alberta Health Services heard from a lot of Albertans about, on the side of the issue of, we're glad this is here, um, when is this going to happen? Um, what have we heard from Albertans from uh, really that side of the issue? So we have not heard formally to this point, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting issue in that although the ruling came out in February 2015, for many people, the ruling did not impinge on their consciousness. In other words, it was not something that they became particularly aware of or were paying attention to or thinking about because there were other things happening in this country. In the last little while, and particularly since the federal election is now over, we are starting to see a lot more interest, debate, and discussion of the issue occurring. And that has led to spontaneous provision of opinions and requests from individuals looking for this to become a reality for them because they've been waiting for it. Absolutely, especially with the deadline of February 6th of next year fast approaching. Well, and and there are many people who are not comfortable with the thought that there might be an extension on that because they're waiting for it. Mm -hmm. We, as I say, have deliberately sought people with differing opinions on this and have engaged actively with some individuals who my suspicion is will fully intend to exercise their rights once physician-assisted death becomes legal. What are you seeking from both sides of the issue? You've made that point clear several times, that you're looking to talk to people who aren't opposed to it, people who are opposed to it. What sort of information are you trying to glean? We need to understand the perspective of both. We need to understand why people would want it, and we need to understand why people would be opposed. Because whatever we put in place is something that is going to have to meet the needs of both groups. And we absolutely need to ensure that we are respecting the rights, as I said earlier, of both groups in this debate. What that means is that across Alberta Health Services, we're going to have to find a mechanism to provide access for individuals who desire it. But equally, we're going to have to be able to allow individuals who have conscientious objection to exercise their right not to participate. Understanding those two perspectives and really why and where the perspectives are coming from is important in terms of trying to ensure that what we do do is going to meet the needs of those groups. Who are your key stakeholders on this? Um, (laughs) Who isn't is probably the better way to put it. (laughs) Um, We have linked with multiple groups across Alberta. So we are working with Alberta Health, we are working with the colleges, the regulatory colleges for a number of the professions. The ruling from the Supreme Court of Canada has probably raised more questions than it has provided answers. What we interpret on the most conservative view of the ruling is that this only decriminalizes the act of physician-assisted death for physicians. It does not speak to our allied health professional colleagues who, in a team-based care environment, which healthcare has moved into, therefore are uncertain as to their status. We... And let's just, uh, for people listening, 
people might not know what allied health is. Can you tell me some of the professions within allied sure. health? It would not be uncommon for an individual who is thinking about physician-assisted death to approach any type of healthcare provider with whom they have a relationship to have a discussion. And that could be their physical therapist, it could be an occupational therapist, it could be a dietitian. It's whoever they have developed the relationship with. And what we need to do is we need to ensure that whoever is approached with a question has at least some sense of what the response should be and how they can help appropriately direct the individual to have what we believe should be a more fulsome discussion about options for that person. We suspect that there is at least a proportion of the population who may consider physician-assisted death but may not be aware of other options that are available to them or who may not have exercised other options that actually would be more appropriate for them. And part of the discussion around physician-assisted death and the decision to proceed with physician-assisted death absolutely has to look at for the individual what the options are such as palliative care, such as appropriate pain management or whatever their issue is prior to them coming to the conclusion that their only option is physician-assisted death. Part of our work is to develop what we need so that individuals who are approached with a question know how best to direct the individual so that they can get the information they need to make a truly informed decision. And I want to talk later, next actually, about who would potentially qualify for physician-assisted death, but you raised an interesting point. If a patient goes to someone that they trust and part of their medical team, a nurse, a respiratory therapist, and broaches the subject of physician-assisted death, would that potentially put that care provider in a, in a legally vulnerable situation if they don't know how much they can say and what they can't say? So prior to February 6, 2016, yes, that would be a legally vulnerable position. Prior to February 6, 2016, any AHS staff member or physician should be cautious and thoughtful when discussing physician-assisted death with an individual patient. Generally speaking, the provision of information regarding the upcoming legislative change and the work AHS is doing to prepare for physician-assisted death should not offend the criminal code so long as it is done without the intent to encourage a patient to have physician-assisted death or commit suicide, and the discussion must occur in a factual manner, clearly not promoting, encouraging, advocating, or assisting a patient to have physician-assisted death or commit suicide. And one of the other recommendations we are making, particularly for staff is that if they are in doubt about what they can or can't say, they should connect with their regulatory college in this province for advice. Mm -hmm. I bet that is one of the high things on your to-do list in terms of staff education and healthcare provider education. Yes. we. So the way we have approached this within AHS is we are trying to develop an underlying document that will provide a foundation for all of this. But out of that work, we are striking expert panels who will work in their particular areas of expertise to help us develop specific messaging for staff and physicians. Now let's talk about the patients, the person who might request physician-assisted death. Now the Supreme Court has indicated that this, the people who might qualify would be competent adults 
with grievous and irremedial condition. Describe irremedial. What does that mean? That irremediable condition includes an illness, a disease, or a disability. That for that particular individual causes enduring suffering that they consider to be intolerable in the circumstances of their condition. Mm -hmm. So is that a broad stroke by the Supreme Court of Canada? Yes. I mean, it's kind of like talking about quality of life. When we talk about quality of life, quality of life is very individual. And what gives me quality and what gives you quality are entirely different things, even though we may be similar in other ways. This is exactly the same situation. And what the court was doing was they were leaving it up to the individual to decide at what point the condition was actually, for them, causing enduring suffering that was intolerable. Mm -hmm. I was interested to find out that uh, psychological pain is under that criteria. That's correct. So what does that mean? Well, it means that we need to be fully engaged with our mental health counterparts in the work. Because understanding psychological pain is more in the realm of mental health than it is in the realm of most other providers across the system. And I think I can make an assessment of an individual in terms of whether or not they are having psychological pain attached to whatever condition they have. But I wouldn't trust my judgment on that. And I would actually look to some of my colleagues to assist me in making a determination as to whether or not the individual had psychological pain that was of sufficient magnitude to warrant physician-assisted death. Now, that doesn't mean that we're looking as going as far as some other jurisdictions. And some jurisdictions have identified that they are looking at a mandatory psychiatric consultation as part of their process prior to physician-assisted death being authorized. Alberta is not going in that direction, but it is something that is being discussed and debated for that reason. Is it psychological pain and something else? If a parent loses a child, that parent is in psychological pain. Yep. The question is how this will be defined, and we don't know that yet. Mm -hmm. I suspect that further court decisions are going to help to define this over time as challenges come forward around aspects of the ruling or aspects of whatever legislation or practices put in place in a particular province. Yeah. With no pending legislation at the federal or provincial levels, is there a danger the country could have patchwork leg legislation that would lead to varying qualifications for the right to die across the country? So as of February 6th, it's unlikely that the majority of jurisdictions will have any kind of legislation, which means we will be trying to put into practice something without a legislative framework. That invariably risks significant differences across the country. Having said that, there was a previous federal panel established by the last government, federal government, who started looking at this issue and have done a lot of work on this issue, and we understand that the current government have asked them to complete the work they're doing and develop a report. That was cross-jurisdictional within the country. In addition, there is a federal-provincial panel that has been working on this issue, sponsored through Ontario, who are looking at trying to provide direction that will be beneficial to other jurisdictions as they grapple with what 
they are trying to put in place. We are working quite closely with Alberta Health, who is our link into the cross-jurisdictional work that is underway. Now, in broad strokes, now I'm talking broad strokes, what, what does the federal government have to do? What does the provincial government have to do? Uh, what does the Ministry of Health in Alberta have to do? And what is the job of Alberta Health Services? At broad strokes, what the federal government needs to do is make a decision as to what they need to put in place that will help to further clarify the decision made by the Supreme Court of Canada and potentially provide a legislative foundation for the country as physician-assisted death becomes a reality. At a provincial level, they may do something similar, but recognizing that healthcare is a provincial responsibility and the contexts are actually different across the various provinces, I would anticipate that the provincial legislatures will want to put in place legislation that further clarifies within the context of their jurisdiction what the implications are and provides a legislative framework in their jurisdiction. And we would hope that the federal legislation would provide a base that would allow common across the jurisdictions, though that is not certain. I guess it's fair to say that within Alberta, Alberta Health will be the instrument by which the government looks to produce legislation. Alberta Health Services, of course, is the operational arm of healthcare in the province. And therefore, Alberta Health Services has an obligation to determine how and where and under what circumstances we will be prepared to provide access for Albertans seeking physician-assisted death. Mm -hmm. What else do we know? We know that this is an area that is fraught with potential challenges. For example, how do we protect the vulnerable? How do we protect individuals from coercion? What do we do for individuals who, by the Supreme Court definition, do not have capacity to consent, mm -hmm. which includes children and individuals who have lost legal capacity to consent to things within health care? What does this mean for agents under a personal directive or guardians under a guardianship act? At this point, it looks like it means that physician-assisted death is not an option for any of those individuals. We don't know that for sure. Mm -hmm. What does it mean for our other healthcare providers, as we said earlier? We don't actually understand that. So there's much we don't know. We are working with what we know to the extent we can. We are looking to other jurisdictions and to our regulatory bodies to help us to define what we need to do. But recognizing as well that within the next year, there will be much more that will come from this and that whatever we put in place for February 6th has to be nimble enough and has to be amenable to change when we get further clarification, direction, legislation, or whatever comes down the road. Yeah. Now, you mentioned other jurisdictions, and physician-assisted death is legal mm -hmm. in places in North America, mm -hmm. certainly overseas. Mm -hmm. Are there areas where it just works, where they've figured it out, or is it always going to be fraught with difficulty? One of the challenges we have is that although we can look to what other jurisdictions do, their healthcare context may be very different and their cultural context may be very different from Canada. And so I suspect probably the place where it is most advanced is in the Netherlands, of course. Mm -hmm. 
We know that there are states in the United States where this is legal, but their healthcare context is actually very different. And whether or not what they've put in place and the lessons they've learned are going to be applicable in Canada is not yet clear. In our culture, is I think it's fair to say, talk about death makes people uncomfortable. Nobody talks about death. They talk about passing away. Absolutely. Right? And so... One of the challenges that we had as well when we were working through how we were going to frame this work was, do we call it physician-assisted death, when that's a word that many people will shy away from and not, not use? It's been interesting. We have not had a single comment about that phrase, physician-assisted death. Not one. Yet. That's right. We do have a website now. It went live yesterday. We do actually have an email address as well where we encourage people to provide their thoughts and opinions and identify issues and so on. And it'll be interesting to see whether we get comment on it through there. But at this point, with the advertising we've done, and AHS has been at this for a little while, we haven't had comment on the word death. So maybe we're coming to a point in our society And when you look at what's been in the paper as well, the word death is used. Maybe we're coming to a point in society where people are going to talk about this as death. Where can Albertans get more information? I think part of the challenge we're going to have in terms of resources is the disparate opinions that are out there and the multitude of opinion articles, I should probably say, that have surfaced with very little that's actually come out that is reflective of a jurisdiction or a government or a regulatory body or whatever. You're not telling me there's misinformation on the internet, are you? (laughs) Never. (laughs) Probably the best thing we have in Alberta right now is the guidance for physicians, the draft guidance for physicians, I should say, that the Alberta College of Physicians and Surgeons has, has published. The consultation on that finished last week, and the intent is that a finalized guidance will be out later this year from the college. It does describe things that for physicians are going to be important in their conversations with individuals, and it equally provides direction, I think, for the profession, which the public should be aware of as they have their conversations. Beyond that, much of what we see, I think, for the time being is going to continue to be opinion-based until we start to see something more formal coming forward from either the working groups that have been doing the work across the country or from the the governments across this country as they work through, or in fact, from Alberta Health Services as we work our way through this. Our intent is that the documents that we develop will all be publicly available as we do that. We are also, as I said earlier, trying to identify credible, useful, appropriate resources for people to access that are not created by Alberta Health Services that we would like to make available through the website once we have identified them. Albertans can find more information about physician-assisted death online at www.albertahealthservices.ca backslash 11851.asp. You can also send your questions and comments to this email address pad.secretariat at ahs.ca. 
This is David Veach, and you've been listening to Passion for Health, produced by Alberta Health Services. You can follow us at ahs.ca backslash podcast and provide your feedback and comments. We would love to hear from you.